Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Where's the guru? Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome everybody to a very rare Monday in the fall for Bickley and Murata Mornings, a Monday that does not involve the recap of an Arizona Cardinals football game, but, but, a Monday that features Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady each on a two-game losing streak. A gift. <laughs> a gift three. from the football gods. A three for Rodgers. <laughs> oh. A gift from the football gods. What an amazing thing we have in the NFL right now. We've got three Hall of Fame standard-bearing quarterbacks who look like they can't play anymore. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. We have three old-timey-timey head coaches who have now risen back to the top of their profession. Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. We've got Geno Smith playing at an MVP level. We've got Steve Wilkes getting a game ball. Oh, getting like showered, uh, showered with victory uh, champagne or whatever that was. How like, about that? Yeah. And tonight we got to match Eberflos. Oh, you do? <laughs> Can't forget about him. Your point on the quarterbacks, though? Russell Wilson had the best week of any of them. How about it? And he was in street how clothes. About it? How about it? How, and how about that Tom Brady getting Bruce Arians fired? I tell you, don't mess with me, baby. Come <laughs> gonna get you, baby. Come gonna get you, bad, baby. <laughs> Can't win without me. Oh, you want me to put the headset up? back on now, baby? No, thank you, baby. <laughs> no, thank you, baby. I don't, yeah, it devolved there. There's a lot of babies there. Yeah, it was a lot of nursery. It's a lot of babies. Yeah, so there we go. That's what kind of Monday it's going to be. Oh, it, uh, it's not uh, It's not great football, but it's interesting, isn't it? No, that's true. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Good, good way of putting it. All right, Jared, start the show. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, Cardinals get back at it this week following their 42-34 Thursday night win over the New Orleans Saints. Two other NFC teams were in action on Sunday. The Seahawks routed the Chargers at SoFi Stadium 37-23. Kenneth Walker ran for 168 yards and two touchdowns. Geno Smith continuing to do what he does. He threw two touchdown passes to Marquise Goodwin. It was a costly win, though. DK Metcalf, their receiver, carted off the field with a knee injury. Meanwhile, Christian McCaffrey made his 49ers debut. Actually got 10 touches on offense despite being there for only two days. Not enough. San Francisco falls to the Chiefs 44-23. to Patrick Mahomes, yeah. uh, 424 yards and three touchdowns. It's amazing how much Patrick Mahomes misses Tyreek Hill. Amazing what that did. Yeah. What a devastating loss to that offense. It's crippled the offense. Crippled them, I There's say. No getting, no getting around it. Um, so the Rams were idle. 
So if you look at the division now after seven weeks, Seahawks alone in first place at four and three, Rams at three and three in second place, Cardinals and 49ers at three and four. Oh, it gets even better than that. The 49ers have to play the Rams next week, which generally is good for the 49ers, but the Rams are coming off of a bye. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the pocket of the NFL season where every year we say, isn't football veered? It is veered. Isn't it Want to hear something veered? else that's veered? The Chiefs have played two NFC West teams. The Cardinals and 49ers put 44 on both of them. Wow. See if they can keep that up against the... Uh the other two teams they have to play, still Seattle and the Rams. Uh, Packers and Buccaneers continue to struggle. Green Bay lost on the road at Washington 23-21. They went 0 for 6 on third downs, mustered only 232 yards of offense. Uh, the Packers have lost three straight for the first time since 2018, but Aaron Rodgers says this is the best thing for us. Tampa Bay managed yeah. to put up only a field goal on the board in a 21-3 loss to Carolina. P.J. Walker threw two touchdown passes for the Panthers. The Bucks are 3-4, and four, meaning Tom Brady is on an under 500 team for the first time this, this far into a great. season since he and the 2002 Patriots dropped this four straight to go 3-4. and four. And and they, I believe, if I, did, if I read the schedule right, they're play, they have to play Baltimore now on Thursday night football. Yeah, that's exactly what you want when you're struggling that bad is that, that quick turnaround, right? What? Uh, the Patriots will host the Chicago Bears tonight Bears. on Monday Night Football to wrap up Week 7. Kickoff at 5.15. National coming out party for Bailey Zappi tonight, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, might yeah. be. Could be. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies, as everyone expected, wow. are the National League champions. Bryce Harper's two-run homer off of Robert Suarez in the bottom of the eighth inning gave Philly a 4-3 lead. Then Ranger Suarez nailed it down. It's all Suarez all the time. Uh, he got the final two outs in the win over the San Diego Padres, sent them to the World Series for the first time since 2009, Harper named the NLCS MVP 400 with two home runs in five games. I, I hope you. I hope we all watched that at bat live. The home run. I did was, not see it live. Oh, Neither did I. Yeah. That was one of the great baseball moments of recent vintage. And and I think I don't know whether it was it was because it was Philly and it was the Rocky Balboa thing. But Bryce Harper's a guy that moves the meter. He always has. Mm-hmm. And for him to finally be doing this, I mean, keep in mind the Nationals won the World Series the year after he left. Right? Yes, correct. So so this, for this to be happening, it almost feels like long-awaited. It feels heavy, doesn't it, in a good way? The previous game, he hit a home run, and, there, and it was going viral because they had the angle where the Philly fanatic was in the crowd with everybody yeah, right. reacting to it. Yeah. So I just happened, I, I watched very little baseball this entire playoffs. I happened to be watching, when I saw him Same. come up in the eighth, Same. I was like, something special is about to happen, right? You could sort of feel it. I felt it when he went, he got up to the dish and I felt it, and then he got down, and then he kept falling off pitches, and I'm thinking, this isn't going to work. See, if I was watching live, I would have turned it off. <laughs> That's true. And all those foul off pitches. I, I, I got stuff I got to do. It's not really. As boring right, as baseball right. is, <laughs> yeah. it's still, those moments sort of resonate yep. more yeah. so than any other sport, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, the Houston Astros swept their way into the World Series. 6-5 win over the Yankees in the ALCS. Harrison Bader gave the Yanks a 5-4 lead in the 6 with a solo home run, but the Astros got 2 in the 7th, broke a 5-5 tie on Alex Bregman's RBI single that scored 
Pena. Pena had a three-run homer in the third inning to tie the score at three. He was named the ALCS MVP. Astros in the World Series for the second straight year, fourth time in the last six. And by the way, they're still undefeated this postseason now at 7-0. World Series gets underway Friday night in Houston. Astros and Phillies. Again, just what everybody thought. <laughs> yeah, just what uh, everybody was hoping for. The Suns jumped out to an 11-0 lead, never looked back in a 112-95 win over the Clippers at Crypto.com Arena, spoiling the Clippers' home opener. Devin Booker led the charge with 35 points. He hit 5 of 9 from 3-point range. Suns led by as many as 22. Clippers never got closer than 10 points the entire it? second half. Yeah, I, I, I feel a little better about our basketball team after last night. Even after Friday, I was kind of like, uh, but but And again, the Clippers, that was the second of a back-to-back, so I, I wasn't expecting all that sturdy of an effort, but the Suns jumped them. Suns they, jumped them. They jumped them, but and, even and in Devin the first... Booker's been great this oh, year. Oh, he's so been fantastic. He's been fabulous. But even so, you know, that win they got, the Clippers got over Sacramento on Saturday. Kawhi Leonard didn't play in that game. John Wall didn't play. They were kind of putting their eggs in this home opener basket, and yeah. it was a very sturdy effort for the mm-hmm. Suns. Chris Paul dished out 11 assists in the process, became the third NBA player ever with 11,000 career assists, joining John Stockton and Jason Kidd. Paul now the only NBA player with 20,000 career points and 11,000 assists. Suns are now home for six straight starting tomorrow night against the defending champion Golden State Warriors. And the new AP College football rankings were released on Sunday. Once again, no movement in the top five. Georgia tops the poll. Ohio State second, Tennessee third, Michigan fourth, Clemson fifth. Oregon jumped two spots to eighth. They are the highest-ranked Pac-12 school after their dismantling of UCLA. Yeah, they look good. USC is 10th, UCLA is 12th, and Utah 14th. Four of the top four, 14 teams in the country from the uh, Pac-12. We'll get a little bit into ASU and their loss at Stanford Oof. on Saturday, which was very frustrating. Oof. And leading to, yes, a quarterback yeah. controversy. Mm-hmm. Controversy in I don't even know there's a controversy. It just seems like they've got a they've got a change. There is if the coach won't make the change. <laughs> well, uh, that crowd swell of supports sure got quiet, didn't it? After yeah, no, it got really loud. It just turned well, the other did, way. Did, yeah, did. yeah, that is true. And by the way, Stanford, congratulations on setting a new Pac-12 oh. attendance record with 11 people in the stands. Oh, wasn't that, that scene so just depressing? They do not care about Stanford they, football. No, no, no. They're in the <laughs> library studying, dude. Come on. I'm old enough to remember when. Andrew Luck was there, and that stadium was sold out. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Tanner McKee just not... Uh, John not Elway. Moving. Not selling the ticks. <laughs> Randy Fasani. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your splash for Monday, October 24th. Look at that. I got the date right. Coming up next, the uh, Cardinals. Again, it hasn't been good football in the NFC West, but it's been interesting, and they're right in the thick of it. We'll get into the whole division picture next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's drive. Let's drive. Let's drive. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Looks like they want to rush four, and they do. Gino has time. Steps up. He's going to let it fly. Down the near side. It's caught. Goodwin. Touchdown. Seahawks. What a beautiful throw by Gino. Over top of the defensive back, J.C. Jackson, who stays down on the ground from 23 out. Time to throw over the middle. G.J. Smith-Schuster wide open, 25-20. Jukes to safety. Tam gets a black. Angling near side pylon. 
Touchdown, Kansas City. It is yards after catch all day long. A 45-yard touchdown reception by Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, Seahawks Radio Network, 106.5 The Wolf on those highlights. couple of highlights from the NFC West action over the weekend. The Cardinals got to take it all in, as did the Rams, who had the bye week. So the Seahawks notch another win. They go on the road. They beat the Chargers, who... I'm starting to hear the words of Jared Carlin in my ringing in my head on what well, sips up zoop? <laughs> no, not oh, that. Not that. The Justin Herbert stuff, man. Every time you do, you make an effort to watch the Chargers play, mm-hmm. you just come away underwhelmed, and they and yeah, they lose again. All the talent in the world. They but. added, I know, and they added a couple of big time pieces to that defense, yes. and that defense is still getting shredded. And I, I, I think they really chose wrong on this head coach. To be honest with you, I don't know how much of it really he is responsible for, but I know he's he's some responsible for it. I, I do think that for Football, this is. I, I stepped back after watching a lot of the stuff this weekend, and and I just kind of marveled at at just how ruthless this sport can be, and and and, and yes, and how people, even the people who think oh, I I've got this, and I'm talking about quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, who started talking openly about playing to their fifty and and all that kind of stuff, and it's and and, and you back up off it, and then you have a year like this where you step back, as I said. Mm-hmm. Last break, where you've got these three old school coaches who have really been at the top of their profession, and here they are again shining. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Seahawks going in and posting that kind of number on the Chargers. I think we are all just. I, not in awe, but we are just stunned at what we're watching in Seattle. I, I more than anybody was ripping into Pete Carroll and Seattle. How could they do this? How could they choose a seventy-year-old head coach? And Drew Locke and Geno Smith over Russell Wilson. And look at them now. They're the story of the NFL. Go back and check this out, too. Drew Locke was winning that job before he came down with COVID and had to miss a big chunk of camp. Had Drew Locke not gotten COVID, this might not ever be happening. And Geno Smith might not be the league MVP right now. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it sounds so weird to say. He's in the running. He, Through he seven weeks, he is an MVP candidate. And then you go to Kansas City, and the times we've watched them play, just the offense, the design, the brilliance of Andy Reid, the talent of Patrick Mahomes, and to be doing all that without Tyree Kill, that's such a huge victory for that head coach. Oh, and then, put up 44 and over yeah. 400, 500 yards on, oh, on the just, best defense in football. On the road, yeah. and just shredded the 49ers. And, and then you got, and then lastly, Bill Belichick, who did not have a top 100 player on his roster, on that list had a quarterback in Mac Davis that nobody really believed in. Okay, <laughs> and, and and look, look it, they're going to beat the Bears tonight, and they're going to be four and three. So to me, I just there's times when I'm just in awe of this sport and how it just def- it, how it just continually evolves and counter evolves yeah. and then evolves again and then counter evolves and we don't know what the hell we're, no one does. That's that's the beauty of this sport, man. It I'm is. Telling you. It is. Uh, the 49ers did get shredded at home by the Chiefs. Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of San Francisco, pointed the blame at themselves. You know they're going to make some big plays, but I thought the, the most frustrating thing was the spots we hurt ourselves. You know, um, in that first half, some of the the false starts that we had on offense, um, lining up in the neutral zone on defense, um, for us to have that false start on the field goal. Um, 
I was obviously so excited because they muffed the pump the punt the next time. Um, but for us to have a turnover there was um, a real big mistake. Um, ended up help being all right when they missed that field goal. Um, we talked about some of that stuff at halftime. We come out, give up a huge kick return, and um, then have a really stupid penalty to add 15 yards to the end of it. Um, those are the things that disappoint me the most. Yeah, let's consider this. I mean, we've both been on record on this show during the course of this weird seven weeks of the season, Vic, as, hey, San Francisco looks like the best team in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. And in their wins, they have. But the disparity between their quality of play and wins and losses is a wide gap. They're not very yeah. good. No, well, I, I, I'm not going to say that. I, I think that I think the 49ers, they've done this uh, two of the last three seasons, I want to say, where they've had this, where they've been sub-500. They know how to string together five, six games mid to late in the season and get in the playoffs. And once they get there, they're, they're a handful. So I'm not... I, I'm not backing off of them yet, but they clearly do have limitations with that quarterback, which is why they wanted to move off of him in the first place. Yeah, he and, threw a bad pick yesterday, oh, too, down did. by the and, goal line. And that's that's the one thing. He he, he gets in those moments, and, and he's, on more than a handful of occasions, has made that kind of throw that's really hurt the team. And I got a lot of respect for the guy, and, and, and he commands a lot of respect in that huddle. He's just limited in what he does. Yeah. It's... So you don't know where that thing is going. You don't know if the Seahawks can really hold on to what they've got going. They're going to be here in Arizona in a couple of weeks for a rematch with the Cardinals. But at at the end of it all, for as as unseemly and as ragged as this season has been for the Cardinals, this is just wide open. The NFC, I mean, really, who are you scared of? That's how you have to, from the Cardinals standpoint, it's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs. There's been a lot of hand-wringing going on. But at the heart of it, they are in the thick of it. They're they one game out of first place despite their lackluster play to this point. Yep. And that's all you can ask for. I yeah. mean, it, it, we'll get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers later on in the show and the struggles that they've had. And, and, and there are people proclaiming that Tom Brady and the Bucks are done, they're dead, whatever. Uh, but, again, their landscape in the NFC South the Bucks are really bad right now. Mm-hmm. They're the best team in that division still. I mean, are, are, are you taking? I, are you confident that Atlanta, Carolina, or New Orleans can no, overtake them no, when that, they when they get together? Listen, this is what I'm talking about here. I, I I think when you look across, even you look at at the um, the NFC East. Okay, we know the Eagles are good, but we've played them already. They're not a dynamo. They're not a wrecking ball of a football team. The Giants. Do you really believe that they're going to sustain this? What no. the Giants are doing is remarkable. Uh, yeah. They have a first-round pick at wide receiver and a big-money free agent at wide receiver that mm-hmm. aren't even on the field. They've combined for four catches this year, and they're 6-1. and one. That's crazy. <laughs> That's cra- Well, it's been a—yeah. It's, it's, so, I mean, the, what they're doing—but but would you fear them? No. Green Bay at this moment, do you fear anybody in the North Division? We're going to see the Vikings this coming week, even— even the Vikings, I mean that that quarterback is is as goof can be as as goofy as Jimmy Garoppolo. That is true. So to me, the the takeaway is that this is this is wide open. Mm-hmm. There's no no doubt about it. Join Kona Big Wave this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the Minnesota Vikings. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies on Priest Drive in Tempe. Uh, coming up next, Phoenix Suns go on the road over the weekend. Got a taste of defeat, but a nice victory in L.A. to cap off the trip. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Camp 
Payne will cross into the forecourt and dribble out the final seconds here at Crypto.com Arena. And the Suns win. 112-95, the final score. They pick up their first win in nearly nine years of regular season action against the Clippers. They had lost 15 straight in this gym against the Clips until tonight. But that comes to an end courtesy of a 17-point resounding victory. Again, the final, 112-95. That's John Bloom. Final call last night from Crypto.com Arena. I still want to call it Staples Center. Is that wrong? No. Uh, I'm, I'm, That's good bang for Staples Buck. Okay. Yeah, people, yeah. It's a lingering effect of the advertising. But yeah, 15 straight losses to the Clippers in that building. Um, and it was never really even in doubt. It was, no. That was one of those weird 48-minute just complete victories that you see in the NBA. The, the Clippers were able to make a little bit of a run, but they never got to within 10 points in the second half. The, um, so I, I went into last night's game. I've been a little bit worried about the Suns team and where the season is going and, and the state of their roster. I thought they were real lucky to rally against Dallas in their opener. Um, I thought Friday night's game, while there was a lot in Friday night's game, I liked. I, uh-huh. I got a little worried about Damian Lillard coming up and yapping to D.A. who proceeded to miss the free throw and, and what effects that might have because that's that's if, if you follow the NBA that's an emasculating moment for any player when uh-huh. you get called out in a clutch situation you don't deliver so I was a little bit worried about everything going into last night and and today I feel a lot better I feel better for two reasons number one uh, they jumped on a team that was playing the second of a back-to-back so I like the attitude they came yes. out and played with and, and Devin Booker through three games is playing at a at an MVP level and he's playing a lot of minutes and he's driving to the basket and he's leading and he's initiating even after that loss on Friday after after DA missed that second free throw on purpose and Jock Landale had that attempted putback he's like all right good try guys good try so I, I what I see here what I think I hope I see here is a basketball team that's changing where Devin Booker is going to be the best player on the team and it's going to be by a mile it's not going to be 1A and 1B with Chris Paul mm-hmm. it's going to be Devin Booker the best player on the team by a mile it's going to be him pulling DeAndre Ayton up a level and it's going to be Chris Paul fading off into the background, being a facilitator, limited minutes kind of guy, and let's see what kind of let's see how the basketball team can ascend like that. I've I've already heard people. This is the most. I, this made me want to scream over the weekend. Suns fans tripping about how many minutes and how hard Devin Booker is playing. <laughs> Devin Booker is not in his thirties. He's not thirty seven years old. He's a young dude in his prime. He he should play as many minutes as he wants. Yeah. He played 34 minutes last this, night. So this hand-wringing about, oh, his workload is too much early in the season. Do me a favor. Shut up. Okay? <laughs> yeah, we're not talking shut about up. a 37-year-old no, guard. Like, shut up. When you want to talk about that and, and, yeah. and, and, and maybe be concerned about Chris Paul, that's fine. You're right. Devin Booker. Play him more. Mikel Bridges, same category. Played 36 minutes last night. Your point on Booker is is correct. Um, and it's a three-game sample. But in the three games, we talked about how much more room does he have for improvement. And he has been fantastic to start this season. Yes, he has. He looks in command. Uh, he came out last night very aggressive offensively in the first quarter 14 points set the tone for the whole game he has shown with mixed results the ability or the willingness to share the spotlight in big moments did it again on Friday night by giving the ball up to Aiton which should have been a layup in an N1 mm-hmm. didn't happen the Suns lose the game on, on that little exchange but that was twice first two games Devin Booker deferred first to Damian Lee against Dallas then to DeAndre Aiton against Portland 
and they're one yeah. and one. But yeah, but uh, you know, it, it, it's not. Well, well uh, let me get into DA. It should have been a dunk and one, but it, it should have been. But, but whatever, and we'll they, get there. They pointed it out on the broadcast too that he probably should have went up with his left hand and and avoided the contact there. Uh, we'll get into that. All but right. Monty Williams was very pleased with the way his team played last the night. Disposition um, to start the game was to me the the thing that gave us a lot of confidence opening night for a team like this at home and with everything that has been said about them and rightfully so they're the best team in the league if you look at their experience um, all of the accolades and the fact that they're just deep and talented I thought we came out um, with a get in your way mentality tonight and then we came out in the third quarter with the same thing um and then I thought our guys kept their poise. Uh, there were some fouls that could have gone our way. We didn't get the calls. Um, and we just stayed with it. And then the thing that I'm looking at right now, and Kevin Young will be excited about it, um, we have 13 offensive rebounds. So that's something that tells me our guys are locked in. And one of the concerns going into the year, one of the concerns even after the first couple of games was, oh, this bench might not be that great. It, it looks thin on paper. The bench played really well last yeah. night. It was nice to get Landry Shamit back. I thought Torrey Craig, who played extended minutes last night, played almost 25 minutes because Cam Johnson got into foul trouble. That's the best Torrey Craig has played in a while, uh, yeah. in, in my opinion. Jock yeah. Landale continues to be um, you know, one of the early bright spots uh, of this team. Going back to the Clippers, though, Monty says, yeah, the best team in the league, the Clippers. That is an on-paper admission. Did you get the feeling last night watching the Clippers, and I know it's very early, but did you get the feeling that they almost have too many players? Like it, it, it looked like it was a struggle for a lot of those guys to get into some sort of well, rhythm. I just, I, I don't. Again, I know it's the second of the back to back, and I know that Kawhi Leonard is coming off a long time without playing basketball. But twenty minutes coming the game in the second quarter with seven minutes to go in this, I don't know what they're doing okay, either. I, so, so no. The, so I was, I was surprised by that. Um, but I think you're also you hit on the other thing that if 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 last night's game was sort of um, a higher ground for bench play that if it was something more that we can expect going forward because Suns get out to that big lead so we get in the second quarter and I'm thinking okay this is where they're going to lose this thing and Jock Landale Landry Shamit Damian Lee they gave they combined to give that team their first real elite chunk of bench minutes all year long mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah. and they built the lead and you're like okay that's pretty darn cool they they had only had one double digit score all year coming off the bench. They only had one last night, but they had three other guys who were almost there. So last night's game was a great template for the bench. If that's if that's indicative of what the Suns are going to get going forward, like I said, I feel a little bit better about this team and this roster. Mm-hmm. The Devin Booker, the ascension of him, because if he keeps going up, then, then, then it's going to have that Michael Jordan effect. He's going to take everybody with him, and that's what it looks like is happening with him so far. Especially yep. if he keeps scoring like three or four well, more points a game each game, he'll be by like ninety points by a couple of weeks. Well, from if, if, <laughs> but if he, if he becomes so you're saying like you know you start off by saying they used to have a one and a one a, and now they have sort of like a one that sort of distances himself. Mm-hmm. What they need though is that like the twos to sort of be consistent. Yes, you need Mikael, Cam, and Aiden. 
like you to always focus okay, on number for two, sakes. Oh, just like you to always focus on number two. No, One I thing about me is I do have I know, consistent listen, twos. You, what you're saying, you're right about that. Yeah. Um, but but I think from from the standpoint of Devin Booker, he's been hyper aggressive, driving to the basket. The stats show that. But he's also been better in control of his emotions. Mm-hmm. And and that to me is, is is after that game on Friday, like I said, the upbeat clapping and cheering on his teammates after that misputback. I'm like, wow. But, That's interesting. Well, you can't have those. You can't have it revert to the way it was a few years ago before they got good, where Devin Booker showed up pretty much every game, but you didn't know what you have. You were consistent with no, the second no, and third no, scores. No, you can't have that. You can't have that. You, if, if Devin Booker does that every game, the quality of people around him are much better than they were two, three years ago. Three, four years ago. Not mm-hmm. two, three years ago. Yeah. Three, four years ago. I, and maybe the, emo, maybe the vibe of this team is changing for the better in terms of on-court temperament given Jay Crowder's not here and given Chris Paul's kind of not really functioning offensively. I don't know. Not as a scorer. As a scorer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which... I mean, he, just, he can't shoot deep anymore. No, that's pretty clear. He proved that last night. He did get to another uh, landmark uh, in terms of assist, over eleven thousand career assists. Here was CP3 on that. Yeah, I didn't. I honestly didn't have a clue to check out the game. Um, man, it's been a lot of firsts here. You know what I mean? At the Staples Center, uh, crypto. And, you know what I mean? So anytime I can do that with my family here, you know, my brother, my dad sitting on the court, my son, my daughter, my wife. The assist numbers have been great early on for Chris Paul, and he had 11 again last yeah. night. Uh, the promise to get others initiating the offense, bringing the ball up, lessening his load, that has happened. I think the shot will come around, but it's been oh. it's been alarming so far. I mean, he Has took been. eight three pointers last night and made one. Did you say in in the splash this morning that no other players has twenty thousand points and eleven thousand assists? Is that right? Yeah. So Jason Kidd never he didn't he topped out at like seventeen and change. And is that right? John Stockton finished just under twenty thousand career points. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Did not know. That. I had to double check that too because yeah, it just. Those guys played so long, right. you thought they'd get there. I, especially How close is LeBron to 11,000 assists? Um, he's got to be good. I mean, I'll, I'll check that. But Sarah's on it. He seems like someone that would be... LeBron will get there faster if he stops passing the ball to Russell Westbrook. Oh, <laughs> 10,067. So he has 10,067. Yeah, so 1,000 assists, that's a chunky amount of assists. Big chunks. Yeah, but big he's chunks. A lot of chunks. Like a year and a half. His, his 11,000th assist will go to his son. That's, that's oh, oh, it's all stage, Vinny. It's all stage. <laughs> yeah, so the Suns two and one. Uh, they come home for their next six, and this is not an easy homestand by any stretch. This this week, they get uh, Golden State, yeah. New Orleans. I think it was Minnesota on Sunday. Yeah, it, it's it's a rough stretch. Yeah, the Golden State game is. I've got this one circle circled as, because that to me this is going to be an interesting little lit, litmus test. You know, early. Yeah, but Houston on Sunday. Oh, Houston and then on Minnesota Sunday. two okay. days later. Okay. Right? Yeah. All right. At least they have the Rockets. All right. Yeah, but they're they're young. They're rebuilding. Uh, Suns with a, a pretty nice win in uh, L.A. We'll have more on the Suns as the show goes on. Coming up next, not a great showing for the ASU offense at Stanford on Saturday, and it's led to two words, quarterback controversy. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Auction Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. 
You battle all day long. You have the lead most of the day. Give up the lead. Come up with a seemingly miraculous play. Just a great effort. Counted or not by Elijah Badger on that play, but by a matter of inches, he was out of bounds when he caught that ball inside the one-yard line. The Devils would have likely had an opportunity to kick a game-winning field goal, but instead they lose it 15-14 to as Arizona State drops to 2-5, and 1-3 and in Pac-12 play. Stanford ends a 10-game Pac-12 losing streak, the longest in program history, and they're now 3-4 and and 1-4 and in conference play. Get the final. Tim Healy on the uh, final call Saturday in Palo Alto. 15-14, to Stanford wins it. Uh, two words to sum that up for ASU. And ASU, obviously, finding their footing as a program right now in a weird spot with yeah. an interim head coach. That's a bad loss. It you is. hold a team, You hold an opponent out of the end zone for 60 minutes of football and can only generate 14 points yourself. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Um and also in the first half Emory Jones threw a beautiful touchdown pass and I remember thinking I was just about to tweet out something about that. And I had a little thing in back back of my head said, "Remember, do not tweet out live sporting events." Nothing good can come of it. Oh, you're right. You're and, so right. And I stopped, and it, it, this this that would have been another See? freezing cold take. Just Even though he's unfold. gone, the words of Herm Edwards resonated with you. Right? Don't hit send. Well, it, there's just too many times when football games change, and you're de- you're just left holding. <laughs> oh, I had the same feeling take, early right? early in that uh-huh. game. I was like, wow, ASU's wow. vertical passing Look game looks really good, and, and then and, it just. Oh, Shut down. He dropped one in the bread basket for a touchdown. Like, wow, look at this dynamic quarterback. Yeah. Look at this football team balling out. Then they stopped Palo throwing Alto. the ball to Elijah Badger for a long stretch yeah. of the game, which made no sense. Right. And the, then at the end, he 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 nearly makes a miraculous catch. It would have given him like a, 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 and that, what a tease of an ending that was. Oh, and Stanford allowing Badger to get behind them in that situation. Uh, they deserve <laughs> to lose the game. And you, what and were if, those quarterbacks doing? Seriously. If the quarterback gets the ball there... It's a different outcome. They get the loss. There was a lot of call on social media, and I'm sure in the post-game show, uh, about you know Sean Aguano, the, the 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 bloom is off the rose right now. How do you stick with Emory Jones in that situation when ASU's offense looked completely different with Trenton Borgay at the controls against Washington, and then you struggle, you put up two touchdowns. There's people calling for the quarterback switch now. Yeah. Sean Aguano also after the game. I don't expect him to say anything differently, but he said he used the word solid to describe Emory Jones' performance. And Emory Jones wasn't horrible. 14 of 25, 227 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Actually ran the ball pretty well in that game. But you have to look at the big picture. 14 points on the road against a very beatable team when you yeah. had just put up 40-plus against a ranked team in your last outing. No, people want to see the switch. They're, um, and again, I, I sample, I, and forgive me for those who are tired of hearing this, but I but I sample some, some alumni's opinions quite frequently just in my daily travels. And uh, going into this weekend's game, many of them were conflicted about the whole Sean Aguano thing because they, they, they love the local story, the local guy doing well, the grounds well of support, the local coaches rallying around him, and yet they fear this is exactly the worst kind of mistake ASU can afford to make right now. Um, And I'm just talking in the context of if it didn't work, if you gave him the job and it didn't work, it's exactly, exactly what you can't do now. You've got to make the right move. 
now. And so I don't know how this game over the weekend is going to play into that. Um, I know that when we visited with Sean Aguano before this weekend, I was complimentary of, of him resisting from going to a platoon system. But but like you, that second half, that was just sputter, 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 sputter. And it was like, oh, come on. You you can't let this game slip away from you. Mm-hmm. And it did. Yeah. It's also the perfect time to make a QB change because they're going to play not just the worst team in the Pac-12, but one of the worst teams in whatever they call it now, the FCS Division One, whatever. Colorado is awful. They are so terrible. Rather than like ch- making a change where you're going to play a uh, you know a ranked team and it's a no-win situation, why not do it now? Yeah, but even to make a switch in the middle of that game, you're in a stretch of your schedule. You had beaten Washington, then you get the bye. If you beat Stanford, then you go on the road to Colorado. Yeah, talk about you know really building momentum and maybe salvaging something of your season, and it and it didn't happen. Now going into the game last Monday, Sean Aguano coming out of the bye was asked about, hey, you got a quarterback situation? Maybe could we see the possibility of two quarterbacks sharing time? He said this. I've never been a fan of uh, splitting uh, quarterbacks just because of the the rhythm that somebody goes in. Now if somebody's not getting the job done. Um, I'm here to win football games too, and so if somebody's not getting the job done, um, I, I, I can make those decisions really quick. But I don't um, feel that splitting reps or f- splitting series. I just the, the continuity of the game um, doesn't bold well uh, in my experience. But uh, whoever's going to give me the best chance to win the football game and our team to win a football game, that's who I'm going to go with. And I ag- agree with that. I'm not a, a fan of two quarterback yeah. systems so, either. But And you only have a three-quarter sample of what this offense looked like with Trenton Borgay, right. and it looked much different from all, what we've seen. Uh, yeah, and and part of the art of the deal is you all, I, while I agree with that philosophically, part of the art of it all is you've got to know when to make the switch. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a viable guy that you know has got a live arm, you've got to know wh- when do I push that button and like you I saw you on Twitter Saturday afternoon saying it's about time come on and many others were like that and I think in yeah. retrospect they kind of missed an and I did not I did not that have game a, was so winnable did not have a problem with Aguano going back to Emory Jones no. to start that game uh, you know he, he says he was, he's I thought he was okay in the first game was just the I, second half it was just it, that was that's that not to put too fine of a point on it that's why Emory Jones is in Tempe yes because he's not Bryce Young mm. Going back to how winnable that game was, though, do you think that ASU's loss to Stanford did not take Sean Aguano completely out of the running? Because I think it did. That was a you had to win that game if you yeah, want to be considered. I, I would say I, there's too I many games say, left. Yeah, that, there's five yes. games left. But, but, I, but, I, but I, what I think Sarah's saying is also fundamentally right. He, he, this team really would have to rebound sensationally. To, to, to make up for that, yeah, play a lot you've of lousy. You got to win that oh, game. They still play Colorado. They play Wazoo, Oregon State. Oregon State's all right, and They're U of good. A sucks. But UCLA, Washington that, State, and Oregon State are clearly better than ASU at yeah. this point. I, U of A teased a me that they were going to be better this year. Um, Sounds like it was interesting what you were saying, Dan. That that some ASU fans are almost scared that yes. he's going to do too well it's in the, the rest truth. of the season. It's the truth because, in their words, this is exactly the kind of hire that has gotten them in this situation in the past. Inexpensive, not top dollar, go with the young guy, give him a shot, do something different. Do the guy, is he that different than Herm Edwards well, even? The, and, and the question and becomes, the even, if, even if you've got a groundswell of local high school coaches here in Arizona... How far will the will owning the talent pool in Arizona get you as a football program? But that's a, and maybe this is a topic for another time. 
What does owning the recruiting pool in Arizona look like? Are you getting the five stars in your state? No offense to Arizona State, Sean Aguano, anybody associated with Sun Devil football. Those five-star kids are still going elsewhere. When was the, who's the last five-star kid they've gotten? No, they're they're all DJ good. Foster. DJ Foster. I mean, that, listen, they're all going elsewhere. They all of them, every last one of them, and for good reason. If you're a five-star kid, there's better stuff out there for you. No, no offense, no offense but intended. I will, I will. Jared asked a question too. How different is Sean Aguano from Herm Edwards in terms of coaching style? I don't think that's a fair question right now. No. There's only so much you can change when yeah. you begin a season so with true. a lame duck head yeah. coach, and then you're handed the reins. Look, the effort is different. Um, the the urgency is a little different. The engagement the re- is different. The, the, the results actual look, coaching is different. The results. Let me say this: If Sean Aguano was the head coach, uh, they wouldn't have lost to Eastern Michigan. I'll say that. Yeah, what I agree. That, what does that. that mean? Big big picture, virtually nothing. Right. Was Vontaze Perfect the last five star that came in to ACU? Probably. From I don't even know if DJ Foster was a five star. I know he I was would, highly recruited. He might have been. A, he might have been a four. That. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a four uh, by two four seven. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was a perfect soundbite for that uh, yeah, for that nice moment drop. right Dynamite there. Dynamite drop in there, Jerry. <laughs> that broadcasting school's really paying off. <laughs> uh, coming up next, Cardinals had a long week to get ready. We'll have a long week to get ready for the Minnesota Vikings. Was the win over the Saints the starting point of something in a very crowded division? We'll get into the possibilities next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak Chin Community Studios on this Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.